you can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that. Week 37 of the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. Why not do a fresh show on Christmas Eve? Why not? What else do I got to do? There's a lot to talk about, America. Let's start the show. We are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity. You and I as citizens have the obligation to shape the debates of our time, not only with the votes we cast, but with the voices we lift. The people are looking for honest answers, not easy answers. The very word secrecy is repugnant. Clear leadership. And we are as a people. Not false claims and evasiveness and politics as usual. Opposed to secret society. But ours was a nation of the battle. Not the bullet. And a secret pursuit. As a people, we cannot afford to let any group of citizens or any individual citizens live or labor under conditions which are injurious to the commonwealth. Black, white, Latino, Asian, Native American, young, old, gay, straight, men, women, folks with disabilities, all pledging allegiance under the same proud flag to this big, bold country that we love. That's what I see. That's the America I know. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. There is nothing wrong with America that cannot be cured by what is right with America. How am I going to take a week off right after the president gets impeached? I know a lot of other podcasts out there are taking the week off. So tell your friends to listen to this one. I'm fresh this week. I'm fresh next week. I've got no plans on taking any breaks from doing the podcast because I like talking to you. And uh, I'm not taking a break from my radio show because our syndication just started in December. I'm not going to tell my new markets. Oh, yeah, no. uh, Run a replay of uh, a show that's basically about the news. I'm not going to do that. So I'm here, and I'm happy to be here to talk about what's going on. And, and this impeachment, you know, I, I've been I've been watching these conservatives twist themselves into knots, saying that impeachment's going to be good for the president. I, I'm sorry. This is not 1999. You know, we all think about the Clinton impeachment as being 1998. It wasn't. The Republicans did impeach him in 1998 in the lame duck session of Congress. Think about that for a minute, right? They had just suffered a defeat in the midterms. They lost seats in the midterms and uh, they decided to go ahead and impeach him anyway. And by the way, they got less votes to impeach than Nancy Pelosi got to impeach Trump. So uh, for those of you trying to say, oh, it's just a partisan hack job. Well, more members of Congress voted to impeach Donald Trump than any other president in the history of this nation. Take that to the bank. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, conservatives who are out there saying, this is going to be the end of you. We'll see you in 2020. We'll see you in. Yeah, we will. We will see you in 2020. And we will see if the American people want to reelect a president who has been credibly accused of abusing his power, not just by Democrats in Congress, but by several members of his own administration, people who he put in place that saw what he was doing and called it out. Oh, and conservatives, do you think that this is going to be the last scandal the president's going to have between now and the election? Because it's not. I mean, even over the weekend, we learned, you know, we found the emails, the president's emails. You know how emails are always important? Well, we found emails. They got released uh, thanks to a Freedom of Information Act request by a news outlet. 
we found emails that were sent minutes after the president's July 25th call uh, with the Ukraine, the call in question, that put a hold on the aid to Ukraine. Oh, my goodness. Is that just another coincidence, conservatives? Oh, he's done nothing wrong. I mean, this is the... Look, I would be okay if conservatives' arguments were, this was bad, it should not have happened, but it does not rise to the level of removing a president. I would, you know, I, I would disagree with them, but at least I would respect their opinion. This nothing to see here argument that they're making is pathetic. It's pathetic. It abdicates their responsibility to oversee or put a check on the executive branch. It it basically grants any president in the future carte blanche to do whatever they want as long as they have enough people in Congress that will cover their back. It is ridiculous. The founders are rolling in their grave. Hamilton is rolling. Look, they, they foresaw a corrupt president abusing executive power. They were very much afraid of that. They foresaw it. They put checks and balances in the Constitution to protect against it. What they didn't foresee was Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy and Jim Jordan and an entire Congress, that an entire Republican Party that would just look the other way. They made the Senate the arbiter of whether or not the president should be removed. The House accuses, the Senate removes. They made the Senate the arbiter because the Senate was supposed to be above politics. It was supposed to be independent. Does Mitch McConnell seem independent to you when he goes on Fox News and tells Sean Hannity that he's in complete coordination with the President of the United States? When uh, when Lindsey Graham, the gentleman from South Carolina, says that his mind is made up before he's even you know heard all the evidence? Give me a break. They are not fulfilling their constitutional role. They are not living up to what the founders intended for the Senate. And it is bizarre, to say the least, the way these people have just kowtowed and prostrated themselves to this president. And, and, and you know, if you think Mitch McConnell, who's going to be in a very big struggle to keep the Senate, if you think between now and November, nothing bad will come out about Donald Trump, Donald Trump will do nothing to embarrass you, then go ahead, do a quick, you know, motion to dismiss in the, in the Senate and, and be done with it. But you are out of your mind. You are out of your mind. And, you know, they're out there saying, Nancy Pelosi's playing games. She didn't send the uh, the impeachments over. She's going to. Oh, she's going to send them over. And, you know, let me, let me make it very clear to you, conservatives, and I know a lot of you, this is an argument you could give to your conservative friends, America. Nancy Pelosi is better at this than most people ever. She's definitely better at it than Donald Trump is. She's, you know, is she better at it than Mitch McConnell? I don't know. I think Mitch McConnell's really good at playing Senate politics and procedural politics to get what he wants done and to avoid unnecessary conflicts. But I don't know if he plays big P politics like Nancy does. So, you know, she sent an invitation to the president to give the State of the Union in February. And I would imagine that the day of that State of the Union, they're going to walk those articles right over there and give them the Mitch, no matter what. (laughs) That'll make for some interesting commentary during the State of the Union. That's exactly what you should do. And then watch the president explode when he gives the State of the Union. How would that go? 
How would it go if the president turns the State of the Union into a Trump rally where the president just goes off script and goes nuts during the State of the Union? What are Republicans going to say when they're on, you know, MSNBC and CNN and Fox News after the debate? I mean, after the uh, State of the Union, what are they going to say when the president loses his mind? Because a couple of hours before the State of the Union, Nancy Pelosi drops the articles of impeachment on Mitch McConnell's desk and says, I know you're not going to do a fair trial because that's basically what you're saying. But here they are. Do your worst. Oh, that'd be fun, right? That'd be real fun. Trust me, America. Nancy Pelosi is better at this than I am, than Trump is, than almost anybody who's ever lived is. That's why she's the only person, I I could be wrong here, but at least in modern times, she's the only person to lose their speakership and get it back. And if you want to know who controls their caucus well, just think about what happened when the Articles of Impeachment passed and there were several members of the House Democratic Caucus that decided they were going to cheer and Nancy shut them up with just a look. Okay, think about that. You want to say Republicans are unified, Mr. President? Democrats are unified. And there's lots of bad news out there for you, not just impeachment. I mean, I, I've got to talk about for a second about Christianity today. And by the way, I got Margaret Hoover joining me. She's my guest today. Margaret Hoover from PBS's Frontline. Uh, Margaret's a good friend of mine. She is a conservative, but she's a responsible conservative who understands that this president is bad for her own movement, just like the editor of Christianity Today, who wrote an op-ed over the weekend calling for President Trump's removal. (gasps) Oh, my God. And, of course, Franklin Graham... And all the other, you know, kowtows to their false idol, evangelical, you know, big money. I should, I mean, big money evangelicals. You got to watch the show on HBO called The Righteous Gemstones. It's fantastic. Uh, But Franklin Graham and a bunch of other evangelical, quote, leaders started calling Christianity today a liberal rag. The president started calling a liberal rag because, you know, if you disagree with the president, you're a liberal rag. You're bad. You're anti Trump. You're never Trump. I don't think Christianity today was ever never Trump, right? I think Christianity today was pretty pro-Trump. But the editor has seen enough. And he said, you know what? This guy does not have the moral character to be the president of the United States. And it's time for him to go. He, you know, they've looked the other way on, you know, the Access Hollywood video, the Stormy Daniels matter, the way he's treating immigrants at the border. But enough's enough. He's abused his power. He's clearly abused his power. It's time for him to go. That's what they wrote. And let me tell you something. I know that a lot of evangelicals came to this president's defense after that. But any crack in his evangelical base, even a 1% or 2% crack in it, because the evangelicals are a big part of his base. If he loses 2 or 3% of the evangelical movement, not a lot, 2 or 3% of what he's got, because I guess he's got about 90% of them right now. But if, he, if, he, if that number becomes 87 or 85% because they start seeing, his, seeing him for who he is, they start saying, you know what? I can't hold my nose and do this anymore. And they just either vote for somebody else, a third party or Democrat, or maybe they just stay home. He loses those votes. He cannot win. So for all this bluster about how impeachment's good for the president and the president's base is solid as a rock, and yes, it is, you don't 
have to get, you don't have to break the rock in half. You just got to slice off a little sliver of it. He won by, by about 70,000 votes in three states. So as I have said many times on this program, any reduction in that, any reduction in that base matters to him. You know, there are polls this week. Uh, there was a great poll, the Wall Street Journal, uh, NBC News poll. And they asked the question, are you going, are you, are you certain to reelect Trump? And he only got 34% in that. Are you certain to vote against Trump? Got 48%. Now, because of the Electoral College and the way things work, I think in a national poll, Democrats need to be at about 52% for them to be certain. So they need to get about four more percent. They're about 18, 20% undecided who say, depends on the Democratic nominee. So you don't have to get all of them. You just got to get 25% of them and you win. And everybody's talking about, oh, how do we get all of them? Well, you don't have to get all of them. You only got to get some of them. I don't have to get every evangelical to see Trump for who he is, to wake up from this. I don't know. I don't even know what to make of it, what to call of it. They've got to wake up. I don't have to get all of them to open their eyes and see who he really is. I only got to get some of them too. Just like I don't need all of that 18% undecided. I only need 4% more. So I don't know what the fractions are. You know, I'm not a math guy. So I, let's just say I need 25% of undecided voters to break against Trump. And it's over. 25%. That's not a lot. It's not a lot. So we have to be vigilant. We have to talk to people. We can't argue with them. We can't look down our noses at them. We have to show them who this man is. I have been engaging people on the right, on Twitter, on my radio show, on other social media platforms, in my regular life, and just having conversations with them about this man. Not about who I want to see replace this man, but about him. Because let's face it, presidential reelections are about the president, no matter who he is. With this guy, it's going to be double double that, right? Because he wants everything to be about him all the time. I mean, his casual cruelty should be bothering Christians. I mean, what he said about John Dingle and Debbie Dingle uh, in that rallying in Michigan last week, just casual cruelty. Like, why is he being cruel to a widow because of her vote? Oh, and, you know, he gave the honor to Congressman Dingle when he died. Well, the nation gave the honor. Not you, Mr. President. You speak for us. We just have to get a few of them to see. If you get a few of them to see, if each and if, if everybody who's listening to my podcast, because now I'm getting a bunch of listeners. I'm not, not in the bottom of the power barrel anymore. We're one of the fastest growing podcasts in America. But if everybody who listens to my podcast can convert one person who is a voting Trump, and I and you all know one, to just not vote for Trump. You don't even have to say, you don't have to get them to vote for Joe Biden or whoever the Democratic nominee is. You just got to get them not to vote for Trump. It's all over. It's all over. And I think, by the way, I think we're well on our way to that. I think we're well on the way. I mean, if you look at that NBC News, Wall Street Journal poll, 48% are absolutely not going to vote again, vote for him in 2020, 48% of Americans, only 34% of Americans say they are absolutely going to vote for Trump. That's his solid, rock solid core base. 
A lot of evangelicals in that number. So that Christianity today, it matters. It matters. Anybody who stands up and says, you know what, I've had enough. It matters. It matters. We have to be vigilant, America. I mean, it's the holiday season. We're all going home. And again, I don't want you to spend Christmas or Hanukkah or Festivus or Kwanzaa or whatever it is you celebrate at the end of the year. I don't want to see you, I don't want to have you spend that holiday fighting about politics with your family. Maybe you got to just lay the groundwork for a conversation you're going to have later in the year about values. What are our values? What do we care about as families, as Americans? What do we care about? What are our values? What are the values we want to see projected around the world or even around the block? I mean, are we going to be the nation whose president can say hurtful things to a widow? Are we going to be the nation whose president says sexist things? I mean, when a president of the United States says, I hear from the ladies that dishwashers don't work. I mean, what is this, 1950? It's nonsense. When I'm watching the marvelous Miss Maisel, which, you know, I still enjoyed this season, but it's kind of lost a little bit. We could talk about that another time. It's just, we're getting ready for the holidays. I don't want you to fight. I don't want you to fight with your family. I want you to to relax and maybe put politics down for a little while because after January 1, we are going full steam till November. There will be no breaks. There will be no breaks until November. You're going to have primary after primary starting in February and no breaks till November. I mean, I'm going on vacation in April. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to France, but I'll be here. I won't cancel my podcast. I, I mean, it's a no breaks. So take a little break right now. Relax, breathe, get ready, recharge, lay the groundwork with your friends and family who are conservatives for what's to come. Ask them what their values are. What do they value in human beings? Have conversations about things like that. Don't bring Donald into it yet. He's coming. He won't let you. He won't let you not talk about him for long. But I think for the holiday break, you know, I, I celebrate Christmas with my family. Um, and it's been a rough year for us. We my my brother died earlier in the year. Some of you, many of you, have reached out to me about that. Um, it's been a you know, it's been one of those years, ups and downs. Uh, personally, uh, with my brother dying, it was sad. Professionally, things couldn't have been going better. Um, And I'm sure you of all families around this country, everybody listen to me, has had years like that. Maybe even this year. Maybe you lost a friend or family. So don't go home for the holidays and fight about politics. Go home for the holidays and talk about values. What do we care about? What matters to us? And how can we move it forward? How can we project it? How can we make things better? Man, a lot to talk about, America. A lot to talk about. All right, I'm going to take a short break, and then I'm going to bring in Margaret Hoover. Now, remember, this interview comes from my radio show, uh, so it's in two parts, so there's a little bit of a edit in the middle. So uh, stay tuned. I'll be right back. Hey, America, Christopher Hahn here, the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. What is with the president and the right-wing echo chamber encouraging these astroturf protests 
against stay-at-home orders around the country. It's ridiculous, and it needs to stop. Check out the Aggressive Progressive Podcast wherever you download podcasts. I'm Royal Oaks. Next time on Too Many Lawyers, COVID continues to reshape the law. Supreme Court arguments will be held by teleconference. The justices won't even know if the lawyers are wearing pants, which is fair given the eternal mystery of what's under those black robes. Los Angeles County is springing 25% of its inmates. The sheriff suggests folks get ready for what might be a spike in crime. Check it all out on the next episode of Too Many Lawyers. Margaret Hoover, you know her. She's the host of Firing Line on PBS. And, and Margaret and I go way back uh, to her Fox days. I mean, I don't even remember where that was. Margaret, how you doing? It's so great to talk to you, Chris. How are you? Uh, I am so psyched to have you. I've been watching the show, and i got to tell you, I love it. It is in-depth. You are always on point. You are always well-prepared. You get the best guests in politics. Uh, I, how are you enjoying it? It's fun. It's a lot of fun. It's and it's really look. I, I learned a ton. You know, it's a long form interview with no commercial breaks. So for thirty minutes, I get to sit in front of somebody and ask them every question I can think of, and then follow up to that. You know, to the question, to the answer, and then another follow up based on what they said from there. So it's it's really it's so liberating to not have to cut to commercial and to be able to really do a deep dive into an issue with. Uh, any, you know, any guest. Uh, so it's, it's, it's been fantastic. I consider it a blessing. I, I, I'm grateful to have the opportunity and it's, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. And by it's the way, I know how great of an interviewer you are because I was one of your test shows for this show. I, I came in, we had a lot of fun. I had a blast doing it back. It was, so, it was so fun to have you. And also, I mean, here, I mean, I know your audience knows, you can tell in your voice, like, and you see it on TV, like, Actually, I was just talking about this with somebody. My favorite genre of person is a Fox News Democrat. There you go. Because in order to be a Democrat on Fox News, you have to, A, you know, know, know what you believe, B, be able to totally be willing to take a beating with a smile on your face, Yep. and B, and then show up again. Yeah. Right? And it just means you're, you're, you have to have dispositionally a great nature and, uh, and way about you, and you do, and that's why I've always admired you and, and really appreciated and, uh so, you know, that's, I felt like I could also call on you for, for one of my early guests. Hey, anytime. You know, I'm always there for you. Margaret, I haven't talked to you about impeachment. I haven't talked to you in a while, actually. And I don't really know where you are on it. I mean, you, 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 you know, you're a conservative. I, I mean, I, I, you are, I like to call you conservative classic. You had a view of how government should be run and it was consistent. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if there are many people like you around anymore. I mean, what are you making of what's going on in America today? No, there are a lot of people like me. They just don't happen to be elected Republicans in Congress, right? Um, I Here's where I am. I am uh, deeply appalled and uh, troubled by so many aspects of our politics right now. Um, but chief among them, and you know, you can't bury the lead, the president's really unconscionable behavior. Mm. And I, it, it, not just his behavior in office, this, this notion that um, the, the office is there to serve him and his interests is one that deeply offends me. Um, not just as a, you know, a citizen should offend all of us, but you know, I grew up with a really deep reverence to the presidency and to this notion of public service and this idea that when you are entrusted with the 
the trust of the American people, right? We don't believe in things. We don't believe in a birthright. We believe that all of us are endowed with a certain amount of power and that yep. to have a government, we we lend our power to someone else for a time. Right. And and we, we and we trust them with it. Right. And a breach of that trust is is a fundamental breach in uh, the, the values and the foundation of representative government. And, you know, you know that, you know, I, I don't take it lightly. Partly, I, I grew up with a certain respect for the presidency because I got to see uh, how a family internalizes the presidency right. four generations later. You right. know, my great-grandfather is Herbert Hoover. Yep. I mean, and, 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 and Hoover was a Quaker, and he was a, a very um, devout and... Uh, a man of deep and serious values, and the idea that this that the office could serve a person's personal interest in the presidency in the White House, as opposed to serving the American people, yeah, is just so fundamentally um, anathema to what the founders intended and to the traditions, the best traditions of this country. And so, so you know, does that give you a sense of where I am? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I knew that's where you would be, right? I didn't even really have to ask, right? I mean, I just, just knowing you and who you are, you are a person of deep conviction and you believe in certain things, right? And what I see from today's Republicans in Congress, including, you know, Mitch McConnell, they have subordinated their judgment for the judgment of this president who has the worst judgment of any person I've ever seen in my life. Well, okay, so I am going to quibble with you there. Uh, specifically, the quibble is with Mitch McConnell. And I think Mitch is has has subordinated nothing, although bear with me. Okay, go yep. with me. It's, it's not going to be too long of a drink of water. But here's, <laughs> here's the real calculation that Mitch McConnell is making. While it seems as though he has uh, subordinated his branch of government to the president. What he is actually doing is ensuring that he continues to lead the Senate because the truth of the matter is at this moment, and this is hardened over the last, you've been watching the polls, everybody's been watching the polls, and Mitch is making a calculation that he cannot hold the Senate without Trump on the top of the ticket. And in, in you know, and that has been the political calculation from the beginning. That right. Or no other Republican is going to be strong enough to to get him to continue to hold his majority and his power. And by the way, if he doesn't have the majority, then you know his his well, branch is nothing for him. But let's right? just but but it's not even like whether or not Trump should be impeached, trade, spending. All these things that Republicans used to... Oh, you to, mean values? Yeah, their values. Like like free trade yeah. used to be a no, major no, no, thing, can't. right? Used to be a major... It was, I said like, it's a quibble, not a fundamental disagreement with you. I mean, <laughs> you're right. There is no... I'm not arguing for the positions and the flip-flopping that is so egregious that has happened on the Republican side. I, 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 there is no explanation other than the fact that Trump has taken over the Republican Party, and for Republicans to survive, they have to be with him. But, you know, like, they survive for what, right? This is what I always ask. <laughs> Like, what are they surviving yeah, for? Exactly. Another another exactly. year of membership in the Senate gym? I mean, it's, just, it's nonsense. Like, pick a hill and die on it. You know, I mean, that's, you know, these people are not fighting for any of their values. Then why are they even in Congress? The guy Power lo- is an intoxicating thing. Power yeah. is an intoxicating thing, isn't it? Yeah. Right? I mean, I... I, I, I just think, you know, once you, the, the, the golden ring, right? Or the brass ring, whichever, you know, right. <laughs> pick your poison. Uh, I, I've asked myself that, that question a lot, Chris. For what, right? Wouldn't yeah. it be so much more principled if you could? Exactly. And, and this is why, you know, we still hold out hope for a few Republicans, far, a few far between. 
would Susan Collins vote to convict? Would Mitt Romney vote to convict? Would Elisa Murkowski vote to convict? I frankly have less confidence today that they would than I did six weeks ago. I I think that you might get a Mitt Mitt Romney voting to commit, but convict. But I, I, I find it hard to believe that Susan Collins would. Maybe Murkowski would. Um, but Susan Collins has never shown a backbone to stand up to anything. Uh, you know, even like over the weekend when she was asked about what was going on, she was more concerned about Senator Schumer releasing a letter to the press than Mitch McConnell saying that he's not going to be unbiased. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I mean, Merc- I don't know where she, you know, Susan here's, Collins. Here's where, and, and this is where just to like really kick the tires on that argument that Mitch McConnell, the calculation Mitch McConnell has made that he can hold the Senate if he has Trump at the top of the ticket. This is where I actually think impeachment, you know, Adam Schiff once said, you know, chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee is in the face of the public impeachment, who, by the way, is a firing line guest this week. Yes. Said, uh, you know, there's nothing worse than a failed in, than an impeachment, except for a failed impeachment. Right. He has since, he has since by the way, changed his view. But truthfully, for Democrats, I'm not so convinced that the exercise of impeachment even if the president is acquitted, which is what he is likely to be, isn't a great Senate strategy. And I, if we're just talking brass tax politics here. Susan Collins is damned if she doesn't, damned if she doesn't. Yeah. Cory Gardner in Colorado is damned if she doesn't. Cory Gardner's doesn't. dead. Right? He might as well just do what he wants. <laughs> it's tough. I mean, I've known Cory for years. We were, you know, Cub staffers together. And, you know, I'm from Colorado. So, uh, and I, you know, I, I, I quite like him. And I think he's been an honorable senator. All right. But Margaret, very difficult. Hold yeah. that thought. I don't have the long form you have on PBS, unfortunately. I used to have I it. know, I'm so long-winded. Stay, stay right there. We're going to be right back with more with Margaret Hoover. All right, here's part two of my interview with Margaret Hoover. Margaret, we were talking about uh, where are these people going to take a stand against this president and in, you know, in defense of their own, you know, morals and values. I mean, I, I just don't see it happening anywhere. Yeah, I mean, you, you, look, they, they don't until, you know, I, I, I don't have a lot of confidence that you'll see this watershed moment and Republicans run from Trump if no new witnesses or no new information comes forward. Yeah, I, the only frame of reference or baseline you have to look at really is what happened with Nixon and Watergate. Yeah. And Republicans were with Nixon right up until the point where he had to turn over the tapes because of the Supreme Court. Yeah. And then as soon as they heard his voice on the tape, um, it, which revealed that he knew yeah. all along. Showed that he was lying. Uh, and that he had been lying, right? And, and and revealed that he had been lying. Yeah. That, I mean, then you had one, two, three, and then, you know, the trickle became a four. Yeah. But, you know, you have, you know, and then the country shifted, right? But we just have, there hasn't been that moment yet. And uh, Democrats, have have made some mistakes and moved too quick. And frankly, the president has a very strong base of support. Yeah. That that does not care. They don't care. They by the way, they know that they know he's a liar. He's, he's acted improperly. Yeah. yeah. They 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 you know, you look at these polls, they're like, yeah, seventy percent of Americans think he acted improperly, but only forty eight percent think he should be impeached for it. I mean it's like what? I mean what yeah. what do you what <laughs> It blows my mind. It's a it's a communications battle, though, and it is it's divided along partisan lines, exactly as Alexander Hamilton predicted in Fed Six Federalist sixty five. Yeah, um, that this is this is not a legal proceeding. This is not you know a rational exercise. This is a political a partisan political undertaking that will be a partisan circus, which is why the founders, frankly, 
made the threshold for for removal so high. Yeah, it, it had to be so egregious of an offense. And uh, and you you know it's a communications battle on the for the for for people who believe that that there was a a genuine and dangerous breach of trust between the American people and the president to persuade another quarter or or a third of the country if that was the case. I just want to see like four of them stand up and say, you know what, we're going to have a fair trial. We are going to bring in witnesses. We are going to do what we did. You know, we're going to have the same rules we had for Clinton, even though there weren't live witnesses in Clinton. Uh, There were videotaped hearings and things like that, and they could have called witnesses if they wanted to. I, I I want to, you know... I'm I'm tired of this partisan nonsense. I just want to see a couple people stand up and one or and, two just stand up, right? Yeah, I, I mean, one. other than Justin Amash, one. right? We got to give Justin Amash credit. Everybody says, "Oh, there's no, there's it was this was purely partisan." Well, Justin Amash was a Republican last time I checked, and pretty conservative. He was the chairman of the Freedom Caucus. I mean, it's you know, yeah. he left the party because of this president because he was outraged by the way this president behaved. Not not even anything else. The way he behaved. Well, and keep in mind that the reason he had to switch parties is because he would have lost his seat, right? So it's, it's not like these Republicans who are standing up and or not standing up are making calculations that are incorrect. Right. Justin Amash was about to get primaried and lose his seat, which is why he had to become an independent. Right. Well, Justin um, Amash so it's, didn't... It's a real thing. Justin Amash didn't switch parties. He left parties altogether, which is a whole yeah, different thing. Right. I mean, you so got this guy from New Jersey yeah. who's switching parties because he was going to lose his primary because he was going to vote against Correct. impeachment. You know, here's a guy who was 91% against Trump up until yesterday, and now he's yeah. with Trump. I, I, I mean, Shaking his hand in the Oval Office. Yeah, 91. He tweeted against Trump just a month ago about uh, Stephen Miller's racism, and now he's in the Oval nice Office saying, I'm with you. Donald, I mean, that is just yep. disgusting to me. Disgusting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what do you make of that? Will take him, and Trump will take him. Yeah. Republicans will take him, and Trump will take him. Trump will take him. will hug him, bear hug him. Yep, and, and by the way, he'll probably be primary. He'll probably be primary by a Republican in, in South Jersey, and he'll lose the primary because they'll just look at his record his entire career, and they'll vote against him. These guys are crass. Uh, they don't understand why the founders created a Congress. They don't understand ambition, counteracting ambition. All they understand is, I want to be a congressman. And that's if, if being a congressman is all you are, why are you a congressman? I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, let me ask you a question. Go ahead. What do you think about the House of Representatives, refu- this, this hypothetical scenario of the House of Representatives refusing to issue the impeachment uh, send the articles of impeachment over to the Senate. You know, I was, I've was i been thinking about this all day, and I got asked, I was on a, a radio show in, in D.C. this morning, and they asked me about it, and I, I, I always point to Nancy Pelosi is better at politics than me, right? Um, what if she decides right. to wait till after most of the primaries are over and then send it over? What's the calculus then? Right, or, or is the question, what if they just held on to it and, until they have a Senate that's agreeable? And it becomes an election issue. Yeah. 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 Right. And then and then it takes away the argument the Republicans have, which is you're trying to nullify the election. Actually, no, we're not. Yeah. We're gonna make the election about this. Right. 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 I don't know. Nancy Pel- right. Nancy I actually think it's clever. Uh, I think it's clever. I think it's probably, you know, probably better uh, in, in many respects uh, for the for the country, because then it puts put the issue to the voters to decide how how this should be resolved it is kind of interesting to watch two political masters they're basically jedis based it's like yoda and palpatine going at it i don't know if you get that reference but it is it is like Wait, who's who's palpatine 
Palpatine. In the the Emperor. Emperor you Palpatine. But you think, but you think Trump is. No, no, that. no. Oh, no. I'm talking about Nancy and Nancy Mitch. And who? Mitch oh. McConnell. You watching yeah, them yeah. go at it is going to be very interesting because they, you know, I don't particularly like Mitch McConnell, but he is a political master. And Nancy but Pelosi he is, is a master of the Senate. He's less good at politics than he is good at the Senate, don't you think? Or do you actually think he's a political? Master? I think he's a bit of a political master. Uh, he's okay, he's better okay. at the at the at the Senate than he is anything else. But Nancy's a political master, and they are going to go at it here. It's going to be Clash of the Titans, and I'm interested to see how it ends. And you know, you and I, we're, we're you know, even though we're deep in it. We're really observers of it, and we get to talk about it, so it makes it fun for us, you know. Even though the whole country it, hangs it in the balance, does, except for that a lot, except for that everything's at stake. Yeah, and this yeah. Is just sports, everything hangs right? in the this balance. Is actually, this is actually like a, a, a true test to you know this 245 year experiment. Yeah, that you know is the longest representative democracy in human history, and by God, like this is the perspective that we're missing here, right? I I really feel like you know you're one of these you know sincere and earnest commentators who's who's actually worked in government you understand yeah. how it works you care about the country you're not just in it for the you know it's not just right. for a buck for you and uh you know we talk about it and it's fun and we love it but we also love the country we love right? the country by the way i love the country more than i love talking about but you know who else i love you i, I i'm out yeah, of time exactly. already margaret hoover catch her on fire li- firing line on pbs check your local listing follow her on twitter at margaret hoover on twitter margaret thank you so much Bless you, Chris. Take care. Have a happy holiday. Hope you like Margaret Hoover. I love Margaret Hoover. She is uh, great. Um, Had a lot of fun conversations with her, both on and off the air. Her and her husband, John Avalon, who will be on the show in a couple of weeks. Uh, She's fantastic. Her show, Firing Line, is worth watching. DVR it. It's on PBS. Check your local listings. Uh, fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. Uh, I look, one of the things I miss in politics is people like Margaret Hoover on the right who have strong opinions, but are not cult like, you know, don't have cult like devotion to a person. They have devotion to, to what they believe to their values. You know, that's what we were talking about earlier in the pod. They have devotion to their values, not to a man. And they see that this is a man who violates their values. He violates all of our values. His values are fundamentally un-American. And it, it amazes me that people are are still putting up with him. But here we are. It's, it's Christmas time. It's holiday time for those people who don't celebrate Christmas. Look, I don't believe in the war on Christmas. I think it's a lot of nonsense. I mean, I live in New York City. Or right outside New York City, and I work in New York City, and you know, supposedly one of the most liberal places in America. Try walking down the street in New York City. Try walking five feet without seeing Santa Claus, or a Christmas tree, or a nativity scene. Try it. Y- you won't. You won't see that because there's no war on Christmas. Just remind everybody that. I'm not going to get into that today. It's nonsense. And I don't want to talk about nonsense anymore, but I will talk about one thing that is not political right now before I let you go. To have yourself a Merry Christmas or a Happy Hanukkah or a Happy Kwanzaa or Good Kwanzaa or a Festivus for the rest of us. Or maybe you're just taking time off and you're, you don't celebrate anything. Go enjoy yourself. I will talk about the, the new Star Wars because I did see it. I'm not going to give anything away. All I'm going to say is I loved it. And I loved it because I am a Star Wars fan 
who has been watching it since he was a little kid. And uh, I enjoyed it. I th- I thought it was a good way to end the series. I, I happen to love the character Ray. I don't know if she replaces Han Solo as one of my favorite characters of all time in uh, in the Star Wars saga. Um, I don't know. Maybe the Solo movie hurt Solo for me. I, I think <laughs> that's probably what it is. I didn't like the Solo movie. Um, and uh, I, I, I can't say I didn't like it. I mean, I like anything that's the Star Wars universe, right? I'm enjoying The Mandalorian on Disney. Uh, I, I enjoy the Star Wars universe. I do. I just enjoy it. I think it's a great creation. And, you know, you take the good with the bad. It's one of my favorite things. And I enjoy being involved with it. Uh, involved with it. I enjoy being immersed in it. Uh, and, and this movie was fantastic. I'm going to go see it again. I like to go to the movies on Christmas night when the, you know, when the Christmas presents are done, when the dinner's over and it's like six o'clock. I don't know about you. My family tends to do it earlier. Uh, it's like six o'clock. I like to take my kids, maybe my wife, if she wants to come, you know, and I like to go to the theater and I like to see a movie and I'm going to go see Star Wars again, unless I go see 1917. Cause that looks pretty good too. So, uh, I encourage you all to take a breath, relax. Don't talk about politics with your family. Talk about values and get ready. We are going to work hard in 2020. This decade is over, baby. We're moving forward. Onward and upward. We are going to do what we can to fix the mistakes we made in the 2010s. Because we made a lot of them, particularly this election of 2016. We're going to do what we can to fix those mistakes and move forward as a nation. And I believe we are going to move forward as a nation. But it's going to take a lot of work. A lot of effort. A lot of self-control, a lot of understanding of what's driving certain people to make certain decisions that are against their interests and against the interest of this nation, and really un-American in some respects. And we're going to do it together, and I'm going to be here with you, talking to you about it. And uh, look, uh, contact me on Twitter, at Christopher Hahn on Twitter, ChristopherHahn.com. There's a link there to email me. Uh, I'm Christopher Hahn NY on Instagram. I, I can never get anything going on Instagram. I guess nobody wants to see pictures of me and sunsets on the beach and my dog. <laughs> I guess not. We're going to be there. We're going we're gonna to do this together. And we're going to help everybody comes together. I didn't even talk about the debate from last week. Um, interesting, I guess. Wine cave debate, they're going to call it. I think Joe Biden had a good night. Um... I think Amy Klobuchar had a good night. I think Bernie Sanders had a good night. Um, I think if I had to say somebody who had a bad night, I think it was Elizabeth Warren. I think that that attack was flat. But we'll see. Because she went after somebody who she perceived as taking votes from her. And we'll see. I don't think she's lost votes to Pete Buttigieg. I think she's lost votes to Bernie Sanders. I think you see her rise in the polls is directly correlated to Bernie Sanders having a heart attack. And he has clearly recovered from his heart attack. And those votes have gone back to him. Uh, His votes have recovered. So we'll see. Uh, We'll be talking a lot about 2020. We don't need to do that right now. Go see Star Wars. Have yourself a happy holiday. And remember, always seek the truth. Question everyone and everything, even me. But, you know, lay off your uncle, you know, during the holidays, okay? Just, Just let it go. That's do that in January. Seek the truth, America. 
I know it's out there and I know you'll find it if you look for it. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening to the Aggressive Progressive Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.